Science Journal for Kids and Teens presents How Can Oyster Farms Create Homes for Fish? Adapted from the original peer-reviewed paper in the journal Aquaculture-Environment Interactions, published on August 12, 2021. Research conducted by Renee Mercaldo Allen, Julie Rose, Yuan Liu, Kristen Jabinowski, and others from the Northeast Fisheries Science Center at NOAA Fisheries in Connecticut. See the full list of authors in the accompanying PDF. Read by Miranda Wilson. Abstract. Fish are fascinating animals. Individual fish have places they call home, as well as their own daily routines. We wanted to find out whether oyster cages, gear used to farm oysters, provide habitat for fish. Do they like to hang out there? Do they live there? Which species spend time there, and what do they get up to? We use two methods, underwater video cameras and environmental DNA, to uncover the secret lives of fish. The videos let us see which species hung out at the cages and watch their behaviors. Environmental DNA helped us find the species that are hard to see on camera, like very small or nocturnal fish. We found seven fish species on video and 42 species using environmental DNA. Some species were abundant at the oyster cages. We even watched them getting up to behaviors like foraging for food and sheltering from predators and currents. Oyster cages can act as artificial reefs providing valuable habitat for fish. Introduction. Have you ever wondered about what fish are up to when we aren't watching? Perhaps you've been to an aquarium and watched their behavior, but what do they do when no one is there? Scientific experiments often need scientists to be there physically, but this can be a problem when we are studying animal behavior. Maybe our presence makes the animal act differently, or maybe they avoid us altogether. And that's not the only way that humans can affect the marine environment. Whenever we put something into the sea, it affects the marine life around it. Oyster farms are a great example of this. That's because the oyster cages add structure to the seafloor. Structure, whether natural or artificial, tends to attract fish. People who work on oyster farms have told us that they see fish spending time in and around the cages. We think that this is because the oyster cages could provide valuable habitat for these fish. Here, they can hide from predators, get shelter from currents, and eat plants and animals growing on the cages. We wanted to find out what's going on around oyster farms when we aren't there. We investigated a few questions to find out whether oyster farms are an important habitat for fish. What species of fish were there and how abundant were they? What behaviors did they get up to? And were fish species different at the oyster cages compared to a nearby rock reef? Methods. We used two techniques to help us uncover the secret lives of fish in two habitats, oyster cages, the artificial habitat, and boulders on a nearby rock reef, natural habitat. First, we used underwater video cameras, GoPros, 
to observe both habitats. We attached the cameras to three oyster cages on an oyster farm in Long Island Sound, Connecticut, USA. We made sure we could also see as much of the cage as possible. We also placed cameras near three boulders. Figure one shows how we set up our underwater video cameras to capture as much of the oyster cage as possible. In the photo, the black mesh contraption is the oyster cage and two cameras are mounted on PVC poles. Both are circled in red in the photo and the camera in the background can see the top of the cage whereas the one in the foreground can see the inside of the cage. We filmed both in intervals for eight minutes every hour between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. and continuously for two to three hours. We also recorded environmental information like the light intensity, water temperature, and current speed. We then analyzed the videos using special software. We also used environmental DNA, or eDNA, to detect fish that were there, but which we couldn't see. We took water samples and looked for traces of DNA that fish had left behind, from scales, skin cells, and slime. We collected four one-liter seawater samples by lowering a bottle 50 centimeters above the seafloor. We then filtered and froze the samples to preserve the DNA. We could then analyze the DNA and work out which fish species it came from. Results. We found a lot of fish in and around the oyster cages. We found seven different species in our videos. Three species, black sea bass, scup, and tautog, were abundant around the oyster cages. One species of fish, cunner, was found around the boulders more often than in the oyster cages. And three other species were rare in our videos, the banded rudderfish, butterfish, and yellow jack. Here in figure two, you can see the abundance of the four fish species most commonly seen on the oyster cages. In the graph, you can see the four species represented by symbols. Black sea bass have a filled in purple circle. Cunner have an empty purple circle. Scup have a filled in orange upside down triangle. And Tautog have an empty orange triangle. On the y-axis, you can see the maximum number of individuals of each fish species seen. And on the x-axis, you can see the three dates we took underwater video, July 11th, August 13th, and August 23rd. Looking at the data, what was the most abundant fish species? On which day were the most individuals of that species seen? We also saw behaviors like foraging for food and sheltering from predators and currents. We found 42 different species from our eDNA samples. Six of these species were also in our videos. 17 were abundant, we found lots of DNA, and 25 were rare. We found some species DNA only at the oyster cages, American eel, yellow jack, common carp, and redbreast sunfish. We found other species DNA only at the boulders, American four-spot flounder, Atlantic cod, northern stargazer, 
northern kingfish, and skilletfish. Discussion. We used underwater video cameras and eDNA together to find out which fish spend time around oyster cages and natural rock reefs. The video showed us that the oyster cages became covered in small plants and animals. These organisms may provide food and shelter for small fish, a place where they can hide from predators or strong currents. But we could only use videos during the day and some fish like to hide inside the cages or camouflaged on the seafloor, so we used eDNA too. This meant we could find nocturnal fish or other species that are hard to spot in a video. We found a lot more species using this method, but maybe they didn't all actually hang out in the oyster cages. Some might have just been passing through. We found that oyster farms are important habitats where fish like to hang out. They may act like artificial reefs, providing benefits called ecosystem services. Our findings can help inform how we manage oyster farms in the future. Conclusion. Video is a great way to identify the types of fish around oyster cages and boulders. It allows us to count them and see how they use cages and boulders as habitat. People interested in the fish using shellfish farms can use our methods to record their own videos. But did you know that in addition to providing habitat for fish, oysters are really good for you too? They provide zinc, vitamin B12, and important fatty acids. So tell your friends and enjoy the healthy benefits of eating oysters too. Thank you for listening to this recording. Visit our website, sciencejournalforkids.org, for more free science teaching resources.